Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I am really excited to introduce to you my guest, Lisa. She is a homeschool mom of two kids, and one was homeschooled through high school and then went off to college, University of Central Florida. And then she is also homeschooling her son, who is now in 10th grade. So she is a working mom. So she's going to give us some valuable insight and tips on how she juggles and handles everything. So I'm excited to introduce to you Miss Lisa. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hey, Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. Okay, so you are a homeschool mom of two children, and both of them went to public school. Your daughter went to public school up until ninth grade. Now, did your son, what what grade did he get pulled out of public school? He finished school in fourth grade. Fourth grade, okay, so you've been homeschooling for almost 10 years now, would you say? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about why you chose to homeschool in the first place. I chose to homeschool because both my kids were not having a lot of success in the schools they were in, and I felt that I could offer them a better education at home and tailoring it to what they needed. So it's interesting you say that because you're a friend and you live in the same community I do, and we're actually in a A A-rated school system. We're actually in a school system. My daughter literally passed a school that is a mile down the road, and it is an A-rated school, and I still do not send my child there. So what is it that you feel like they weren't getting at these A-rated schools where literally people are flocking from all over the country to live in our, our city, right? They're moving to our city with A-rated schools, but we are still finding that our child are, is not doing good in that situation. So what was your specific situation, if you don't mind sharing? No problem. So Aiden has some medical issues, but if you were to look at him, he seems like a normal kid. And I felt like he was kind of getting brushed along, pushed along because his issues didn't seem like they needed to be addressed. And so he was falling behind, but not behind enough that anybody was really realizing. My daughter just, she didn't have a great group of friends. She was in a situation at high school where I felt like she wasn't really growing as a person. She wasn't, you know, I saw a lot of talent, a lot of potential, and she was really floundering. So both for different reasons, but neither of them had the success I wanted to see. Neither of them seemed happy at school. 
Okay. So that is what is so interesting because most parents would just say, oh, you know, it's life. We all did it. Go to school, suck it up. And that's not really good nowadays. Like kids don't want to hear that. It's definitely a whole different situation than it was when we were at school. And so I'm really actually impressed by you that you chose to be there for your children and realize that this system was not working. This A-rated system, right? This A-plus school was not working for your children. And you've decided to pull them home, keep them at home, and give them a different, better education. And I think that is so important for moms to hear because a lot of times when someone wants to homeschool, their family, their friends will say, oh, they're fine. They're in good schools. I mean, they'll make you, they'll give you a thousand reasons why you should keep them in school. And you know it is not good for your child. So so tell us about your daughter. You pulled her out of school, and now you're homeschooling her through high school. So tell us a little bit about how that experience was. So I pulled her out, and we, we kind of – it was mid-year, so it was kind of, okay, what do we do next? Started pulling together some stuff for her to work on. We got her into FLVS, got into a homeschool co-op, so we had a support system, got her into some extracurricular activities. It was a lot of – feeling things out because I did not have a plan. It was just, I I thought that if she stayed in that situation, it was not going to be a good result. So I felt like even if I floundered a little, it was better than the situation she was in. And I knew we would get on our feet. That's so good to hear because you don't have to have all the answers. I certainly dif- didn't. And a lot of people don't. It's just like when you bring home a baby. I mean, you have all, you know, there are millions of people telling you how to do it, what to do, and you still feel lost, right? You're never going to come home and be like, I've got this. So was your daughter wanting to get pulled out of high school or did she want to stay in high school? She wanted to stay in high school. She was very upset with me at first. And then I would say about a a couple months in, she realized and she thanked me for... Okay, but it took you a couple months. How were those first couple months? They were rough, I bet. I was not the favorite person. <laughs> Aw. But you know what? In the long run, because now she graduated, she went on to UCF, which is, I think, one of the largest... Is it the largest campus? I think it's... Or the second largest... I think it's up there. One or two, yeah, in the nation population size. Yep. Okay. So she went off to a university. And so who did her diploma and was she able to get into UCF, which is a four-year degree without her diploma? Yes. So oh my she, goodness. she has no diploma. And to this day, she has no diploma. She has a beautiful transcript. <laughs> because that's all UCF requires. You only need, Correct. A, you only need transcript, she did, but no diploma. So no. you're saying nowhere in the website, it will say you need a diploma and transcripts. No. Lisa, I think after maybe your daughter, they said, uh-oh, we got to add diploma to that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but maybe. technically, she she could get a high school diploma because you would just sign it. You right, would just sign right, her diploma, exactly. Because right? homeschool moms. But you had mentioned FLVS. For people who don't know what that is, that's actually Florida Virtual School. Yes. So it's still the state-ran school, right? Like it yes. comes out mm-hmm. a couple days a week, one day a week, I think. It's really kind of self-paced. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's a self-paced state-run program. So you still have to keep up with all those things. And, but with your son, you've decided you don't want to do, you kind of know what you're doing now. You got your feet wet. You're like, there is so much more than some of these government websites or government education that your child can flourish in. So now tell us your son is in 10th grade and how is he doing? 
He's doing great. So I um, when I pulled him out, he was behind in reading, like comprehension, kind of the language arts he was really struggling in. We eventually found out that he had a vision issue that we didn't know about. He has 20-20 vision, but due to his stroke, his eyes didn't team well. So he was having reading comprehension issues. So I had hired a tutor to help me get him back up to speed with reading and she's been with us all these years and she's been a great help and he does a mix of curriculum that I put together based on his needs and also his interests. He's not so much of an independent learner like my daughter. He likes a little more interaction. So number one, this is the third time you're the third person that I've heard that they said that their child had 20-20 vision but they had something with the cohesiveness of, of staring, reading something. So if you have a child that is really struggling reading, take them to the doctor, the eye doctor, and, and check for this thing other than, is it cohesive? Is that the word? What? So they, they called it cicades. I don't know how that's spelled, but the one eye muscle is stronger than the other. So when they're looking at the same word, their eyes are actually bouncing around and not focusing. Okay. So it's not focusing because I've never heard of that before. I interviewed my friend Janet. Then I heard it again from my friend Mary and now from you. So there could be a lot of kids out there who are struggling because they're really having eye issues and it has nothing to do with reading comprehension. So, okay. So then with your son, he's a boy and boys definitely like to be moved. They say like up and moving like every 20 minutes. So, you know, some boys might require more obviously, and some might require less, but I think that is is so healthy. And a lot of boys don't want to sit there, don't want to sit still. They like to be up and moving and running. They have an enormous amount of energy. So what kind of program are you using for your son as he's going through his homeschool journey? So we do a mix of curriculums, but a lot of it's more, it's a conglomeration of book and online. He's a big history fan. He loves history. So a lot of our work is around history. Like, so his language arts, I focus a lot on history. So he does language arts with his tutor. He does some with me. He does some online and I go in and check everything. So it's kind of a mix of stuff with him. And he does get bored easily. So I have learned over the years to have a curriculum and have a backup curriculum. And I will actually integrate the two or three over the year. Oh, that's such a great idea. I've never heard of that. Interesting. So you'll have another curriculum just in case that one doesn't work out. You just kind of scoop in and say, let's do this one. Okay. That makes sense. So when you pulled your daughter out of school, you were actually still working. So tell us about how that went and how you knew you kind of had to adjust your working schedule. Cause there's a lot of moms out there that are working and they're like, I just can't homeschool. I want to homeschool, but I can't. So what did you do? So I pulled her out in high school. So she, she's a fairly, she was fairly independent learner in high school, you could give her something to do and she would sit down and do it. So I was fortunate. I actually set up some cameras so I could check and see what she was working on. I would give her assignments and I would say, you need to work on this. So you would be at work and then she would work on that. Yeah. Because high school, they could be home by themselves. So if you have a high schooler, you you can homeschool because you don't have to be there. Yeah. That's such a great idea. Right. Right. And, and I worked from home on the the day we had co-op, I would work from home and kind of work my schedule around what we were doing or if we had a field trip. So I had some flexibility, but I did have to be in the office three, four days a week. 
So that's what I did with her. And then I eventually, so that I think I pulled her out of high school in November and I ended up quitting that job, February, March timeframe, and ended up becoming self-employed where then I could work from home full time. Oh, that's good. Did you change careers? So I didn't at first. I actually was going to do engineering on this, you know, as my own business. I do municipal work, so the contracts take a long time, and I was kind of getting bored. We had opened our family electrical business in 2010, so my poor husband, I started getting my fingers more involved, and I said, oh, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? And he said, well, then you could do it. So I ended up at that point then kind of switching careers and doing um, full-time electrical construction. Oh, wow. So, So now you work from home for your husband. And uh, you're, you're running a very successful business because anytime anybody asks, hey, who does electrical here in Oviedo? They always, always send everyone to your husband. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. Okay, so also when you homeschool your kids, you get to teach them your values and kind of what you want to instill in them. So what are some other reasons that really help you keep this homeschool going? Because it's not just giving them schoolwork, but it's it's like rounding out the whole person, right? The holistic part of aspect of it. I'm big on life skills and my kids will tell you that one of my graduation requirements are you have to make 10 meals, not from a box to graduate. Oh, that <laughs> so, sounds great. Yeah, so I like being able to do a lot of civics and current events. One time we took the um, the citizenship test and I printed it out and we did those questions at dinner every night, which was quite entertaining. So the American citizenship test, that's it's free online. It's a great, a great thing to Resource. do with your kids. Yeah, because yeah. I bet a lot of Americans don't know how to take the citizens test. Oh, that's so cool. And they learn a lot, and especially since your your son loves history. It's probably right up his alley. Yeah. So I like being able to do things as a family. I like being, you know, I feel like when you homeschool, you're more aware of that every interaction they can learn from. So just a conversation at the dinner table, asking their opinion on something that happened in the news that day, or, you know, talking about an election coming up. You can, you can take so many opportunities to teach your kids, not just during school hours, quote unquote. And I think that's one thing that homeschooling has opened my eyes to is that you can make anything into a teaching time and not really, not get the, they don't even notice it, but you just, you put a different spin on things and you realize how important those interactions are with your kids. Yeah, it's so true because they don't have to be in a book or learning from a book to be learning. And and once you kind of are able to, I think, break free of that thinking, everything becomes a teaching moment. I mean, it really does. And, and you just got to realize that they're always learning. They're always learning whether they're being taught to or not. So you're running a business and you're homeschooling. What does your day look like? 
Most days I'm up very early. So that's my secret is to being able to work in homeschool is that I get up really early and I I feel like the, the time I get in between four and seven is almost like double time because you don't have any interruptions and you get a lot done. So then during the day, I can go on a field trip. I can do do stuff with friends and do things. So I feel like if I get a lot of my work done and out of the way early, not that my phone doesn't ring or whatnot, but I feel like, okay, I, I got done what I had to do. I think if we all got up at four o'clock and did, we would all be so productive in our day. Our house would be cleaned. I mean, things would be organized. It, it really is such a peaceful feeling. So why do you want everything done by seven? Is that just an arbitrary number? So no, our guys, our guys come in to work at seven. So for the construction industry, seven is kind of the, the traditional starting time. So um, if I do a couple mornings at 4 a.m., I get a lot done during the week, two, three mornings, you know, so. Um, you might need to teach us how when that alarm goes off at 4 a.m., how you say to yourself, okay, let's get out of bed. I wake up before the alarm most days. You just naturally wake up. Okay, I know we're totally getting off topic here, but that is, what time do you go to bed at night? I go to bed pretty early, nine, between 9 and 10. Okay, that's not too early. So, yeah. okay, and you get up at, you get up before the alarm. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Most days, yeah. Yeah, good for you. I mean, I can get up and just like roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> but I don't like get up and get out of bed. That's a whole different. Yeah. You need to do a podcast on like what makes your brain say, okay, it's time to get up. It's 4 a.m. It's when you have a huge to-do list and you realize it's like that that moment I'm like, oh, it's early. It's, it's late enough for me to wake up and do it. Then I just do it. When, when it, when you know the reward you get out of it is bigger than the sleep it, every time. Yeah. So does your son thank you and know that what you're doing for his childhood and for his homeschool getting up at 4 a.m.? He should be very thankful, right? <laughs> I, I I hope one day he'll realize that he we had a homeschool friend over, and the two of them were talking about how they would have would hate to go to public high school, and that we were the moms were just getting a good chuckle out of it. So they're starting to realize. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good to hear. Okay, so after you get up, you're up. The, the contractors come at seven, and they're done by what seven thirty, eight o'clock. So yeah, so I usually work from home and my husband goes to the office. So then about seven thirty, eight o'clock, we kind of have our check-in meeting. And then my day is kind of sprinkled. With your son or with the contractors? With the with our guys, with our employees. And then my husband and I have our check-in meeting to go over projects and any loose ends and whatnot. And then my days are kind of sprinkled between homeschooling and work. Some days, you know, and... My pediatrician told me this years ago when the kids were little, look at things on a rolling average, right? Three-day rolling average. So there's some days I don't get a whole lot of school done. There's some days I don't get a whole lot of work done, right? I think we have all had those days and yes. it's okay. It's okay. I They don't exactly. bother me. If we exactly. don't get a lot of work done, you just, you can always make it up. Yeah. Just go, and then you just go faster. So for any working moms out there, what's really good is you can make it work. If you have older kids, if Lisa, if you had like a first grader or a second grader, it definitely would be harder because they're not as self-starter there. You, you could stick them in front of the TV all day. I'm sure they'd love that. However, having someone, I would say if you had a mature sixth grader, seventh grader, 
you probably can keep them home with you, give them their stuff in the morning. You'd have to get up early, get maybe get them up early, do some things with them, do your work, take your breaks, have your lunch, but you could definitely make it happen. I mean, we all have to sacrifice. And if your child is really struggling at school and you're, you're on the verge of just wanting to homeschool, but you just don't know if you can do it. There's so many ways. There's so many people find your tribe, find your community, figure out what's working for you. So what does your evenings look like? When do you all, you, you start to wind down? What does your son do? It kind of depends. So we, um, we tend to eat dinner a little later. We try to eat dinner together almost every night. I always say between 4 and 6 p.m. is kind of the witching hour. That's the, you know, everybody's kind of getting cranky. I think that's everyone's house. You know, being that my husband and I work together, it's kind of never completely off, I feel. <laughs> but we try to try to sit down and have some time together. We're not the type that we'll go out to dinner, but we're not the type. We're not, we're kind of home buddies. We like having people over, but we kind of just like hanging out together. Oh, that's so good to hear. And then is your son done with school by what time? What time does he get finished at? It depends. <laughs> so as you'll notice, as right, people with teenagers get this, they like to go later instead of earlier. And I put some limits on that. But some nights he wants to do school at night. And I make a list of what I expect him to get done every week. And if you want to do it at night, you do it at night. If you, you know, I think that's part of teaching them is how to manage their own time. Because when they go to college, they have to do that. It's almost like they have to, they have all these classes and all of a sudden they have to know how to manage their time because they only go a certain amount of time. They could take night classes, day classes. Yeah, they have to study all different times. So it's it's not actually a bad thing to homeschool. And you can also, if you're working during the day, you could keep your kids home, give them projects to do. And then if they actually need your help, then you just help them at night. It's almost like doing homework. So it's kind of the same thing. It's it's pretty interesting. So tell me what is your biggest struggle right now? What would you say, even though it looks like you have such an amazing life, you work from home, you work with your husband, you love your husband, you like your husband, and your daughter is doing amazing at UCF, your son is doing good. But of course, there's always underlying struggles. What what would those be? I think right now is trying to help my kids, even my daughter, see, like kind of help them plan for the future. I'm a big planner. And it's what should you be doing now that's going to give you the best opportunities. I always say to them, I, I don't care what you choose to do, but I always want you to have choices in life. I don't want you to be stuck because you didn't prepare accordingly. So my son doesn't have any idea of what he wants to do later in life. And my daughter kind of just doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. And so I just, I am trying to expose them to more and more things, hoping that something sparks that interest and that passion so that they do have something that they're working towards. And they're still very young. I mean, a lot of people don't even know what they want to do. You know, I'm just now doing this. And, you know, I mean, who knew? Yeah, it's hard to put that pressure on our kids. Like, you have to know what you want to do. But instead, you're saying, it doesn't matter what you do, just know what you're doing now will create different choices for you in the future. So don't do anything to mess it up, right? Exactly. Exactly. Don't limit your choices. What, what is your daughter interested in? What does she think she's going to get in at UCF? So she's going for engineering. and I. But I do definitely see the entrepreneurial spirit in her. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if she gets that as a basis and does something fun and you know, always uses it as something to fall back on. 
Yeah. Engineers are great. There's a, there's a lot of engineers out there and they're very necessary and needed. So that's such a great field to get into. Okay. What are some like three, if you could name like three powerful tricks or hacks in regarding to homeschooling, what would you say that they are? Don't be afraid to hire help. Ah, that's a good one. Yes. So our tutor has been, she's become a part of our family and she's taught my son things that, you know, she's a different generation than me. She's had a different experience and she has enriched his learning more than I could have ever imagined and, and helped me as a mom. And so homeschooling isn't something you have to do all by yourself, whether it's you bring in, sometimes his older sister helps, you know, sometimes my husband steps in and does a lesson. Now I've even come up with unit studies for the two of them to do together. So it doesn't, just because you're a homeschooling mom doesn't mean it all has to be done by you. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things to get over. And it's actually good. It's actually good because they're getting different perspectives. They're getting people of different ages. They're getting, it's such a a different way to get the information than to just get it from one person or one book. It's such a great idea. The other thing is, is I'm a big time planner. My husband will tell you I have a list or a spreadsheet for everything, but I think, you know, my daughter tells me that when she went to college, it was a lot easier for her to manage herself because we would sit down weekly and we'd make a list of expectations. Okay, this is what you have to get done. You have to get through this. And so I do a weekly list and some weeks we might not get through it. Some weeks we might go on a tangent, but there's actually, there's at least there's a plan to start with. And that also helps my tutor and myself. I put together everything and she executes the work and then we kind of go over things. But I think... I think you do have to, I think planning does help you. And even I've heard some moms that even if you're unschooling or even if you're a looser homeschooler, kind of what's something you want to do that week? What's something you want to accomplish? Just put it down on paper. And then it also gives you something to look back on at the end of the year, whether it's your evaluation or or an umbrella program you're in. What did I get done this year? What did we accomplish? What were some fun memories? It's all there. And you can also ask them, you can have their input. So what would you like to do this week? And it'll get you guys thinking and some great opportunities will come of that. It could be some wonderful field trip ideas. It could mean that maybe you need to join a co-op because you're like, wow, we're not, we're not getting anything done. We need more friends. We need to do this. So, so that's such a great idea to just maybe have like a little family meeting. If you don't want to call it a checklist, uh, what did you call it? You called it a, well, my weekly list, I your weekly much, list. Yeah, the my weekly list. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great idea to get ideas going and flowing. Yeah. And I do, we do, I'm, like I said, I'm very, I have to be organized because I have so many balls in the air, but we do quarterly, I, I try to do a quarterly kind of family meetings where we talk about just, we talk about emergency things, like what's our fire plan for the house, you know, things going on. And I, I try to like, especially as they're older, you want to involve them in some stuff, Maybe there's something big going on or maybe, okay, we had, we need a new car. This is, and I think- Those are you, great decisions to have them involved in. It really helps them because they see how, that's a life skill. They see how, how you come up with those decisions. Such a great idea. Right. So I think that's the other thing is just including your kids in enough of your day-to-day family life that they're not, you're, they're not just learning school. You're not recreating school at home. You're actually teaching them how to be successful adults. Yes. And that's the whole goal. We all, whether you send them to public school or you're homeschooling, you all, you want them to be successful adults. You don't just want them to go to college, 
to get more education. You want to make sure that they know how to be a good person and go on to be a productive member of society. And however your family looks at that, right? Whether it is a, a Christian, whether they're just being a good person, whether they're following their passion, their dreams, what they were designed to be. And so thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your wonderful journey of your homeschooling. I feel like a lot of parents, especially with the working and homeschooling, hopefully got a lot of good stuff out of this. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Good to hear. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling!